Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. All right, open your app if you have the app, and, and the sermon notes um, should be in there. And we're gonna, well, this is really the heart of the series um, that we're in the middle of, and literally this message is the heart. This is what I was really wanting to get to all month. This part of the message, real simple um, message here today um, about um, you being everything God has said. I want you to just once again look at your neighbor and tell them, I am all that. Okay, say it again. Say, I'm all that. Say it again out loud. Say, I'm all that. All right, now tell the devil, look down and tell the devil, I'm all that. Okay. You're everything God said you are. You're everything the word says you are. You can do what the word says you can do. You're going to be what the word says you're going to be. You're going to fulfill what God says you're going to fulfill. The devil is a liar. All right. You're everything he said you, you are, that God said you are. You're going to do everything God said you can do. Um, you're going to fulfill all God said you're going to fulfill. Somebody say amen. Anybody in agreement with me today? I'm all that. I'm all that. So here we go. Open your Bibles. Or if you got the app, it's already there, the scripture, but Isaiah 59, verse 13 to 15. We're going to, we are going to jump right into the word. All right. Um, but in transgression and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, this is the prophet Isaiah, and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt. I know I started on a real positive scripture this morning. Uh, but conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your words. All right, look at, look at, look at somebody else. Tell them, uh, ask, tell them, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Come on now. You guys with me on this? Anybody need some help watching your mouth, right? I, I could use some help watching my mouth. Ask my wife. She'll tell you the truth. Justice is turned back. Look what happens when God's people sin. When sin is in our lives, it says that justice is turned back. Righteousness stands afar off, right? The Bible, we talked about this last week that God resists the proud, resists the proud, walks away. He, he can't, you know, what, you know, Jesus tried to do miracles um, in a certain city, and the Bible says he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. It's not that God has changed, it's just we can create an environment for God to move or for God to be repelled from. Somebody say amen. Our homes can be an environment God's attracted to, or God's like, ooh, I don't know if I want to go in there. All right? Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off. I'm going to encourage you guys in a minute, just bear with me. We're not going to end here, but we're going to start here. For truth has fallen. Somebody say truth has fallen. Truth has fallen in the street. And equity or justice um, cannot enter. So God's people created an environment where God couldn't move. I said God's people created an environment where God backed away. Justice is turned back. Righteousness stands afar off. For truth has fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. So truth fails. Somebody say truth failed. And he who departs from, from evil makes himself a prey. It's crazy that, that, that in this world today, um, you know, they call good evil and evil good. But we know what good is. It's in the word of God. I said, we know what good is. It's in the word of God. All right. We're not bigots, but we stand by the truth of the word of God. That doesn't mean I'm a bigot. Just because I don't agree with everything out there doesn't mean I hate everybody out there. Amen. Ah, this is going to go over real good today. Right? We, I, 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 
empowered by the Spirit. And hopefully you're empowered by the Spirit to love me. But just because you love me doesn't mean you have to agree with everything I do. And everything I say. You agree. Love isn't that I agree with the stupidity that people do. Love is that I love them regardless of the stupidity they do. But I don't agree with the stupidity. Somebody say amen. Look it. I love myself, but I don't agree with everything I do. You guys hearing what I'm saying? All right. It's quiet. It is quiet in here. Okay, here we go. For truth has fallen in the street and equity cannot enter, so truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. He was displeased with this in, this, in, the, in what was happening in God's people at this time. They were really confessing their sin in this moment. They were bringing it before God. And so uh, is, it, is, it, is it safe to say, um, you know, humanity to some degree has allowed truth to fail. Truth is truth. Truth cannot fail in and of itself. God is still God. But we can do things and create environments where truth cannot operate there. Amen. God is God and he's all powerful, but our approach toward God or toward people can cause God to not want to operate there. It doesn't mean that he's not God. He just can't make himself known as God there. Okay. All right. So we have allowed truth to fall in the street. We've allowed truth to fail. Here it is. I'm going to say it again this way. Truth will never cease to be truth, but we can forfeit the benefits of truth because of sin and unbelief. Yeah. And fallen means to stumble, to totter, to become weak, to make feeble, to be overthrown. And fail means to be lacking. And so we're going to talk about this. I want to talk about this here because um, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of um, take you somewhere with this that's hopefully going to be very encouraging to you, very empowering to you. But this is the thing that tr for truth to operate in our lives, we have to do certain things and pursue God. And there's certain things we do that welcome truth into our life. How many of you know truth has always been out there, but I haven't always received it, even though it's out there, even though it's in the word. Somebody say amen. How many of you know that, um, that truth and, and, and the presence of God, God is everywhere at all times, but why does he manifest himself in certain places? All right. God is all, he's all knowing. He's omniscient. He's um, omnipotent, which means all powerful. All right. He, he is, he is every, you know, he is everything we need. But we don't always are walking in the power that he has made available. Can I get an amen? All right. But we're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some tools here, some keys that, that truth won't fail in your life. That truth won't fall in your life. That truth won't become weak in your life. And here it is. And I didn't give him the scripture, but it's, you can write it down if you're taking notes. John 17, 17. Sanctify. This is Jesus talking. He's praying for us. He said, sanctify them by your truth. He's talking to the Father. Your word is truth. You know? So in essence, the word failed in the streets in this uh, prophetic verse from Isaiah. And it had fallen. But, but we're going to learn as believers how to, how to become all that. We can't become all that if we don't receive all that. 
How many of you know, um, uh, for instance, we're at the women's conference yesterday in my office hanging out and, and Pastor Johnny's wife and my, and, and my wife uh, spoke at a couple of the sessions. They were hanging out and one of our team members brought my wife a little plate of food and it had an artichoke on it. And my wife wasn't trying to receive that truth. She took everything else. She took, she's a cheese eater. So to her, she, you know, she took the cheese and she said, what is that? No, no, no. Here it is. Hand her to the plate. She's like, is that an artichoke? And Miss Sheila, Pastor Johnny's wife was like, is that what that is? <laughs> How many of you know when God is serving you a plate of food, you got to eat the artichoke too? Somebody say amen. I said, somebody say amen. You got to eat the Brussels sprouts too. You know what I'm saying? I, somebody said, oh, you got to eat that. That's like white people vegetables, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> For real. Come on, white people. Come on, be honest. Raise your hand, white person, if you have Brussels sprouts growing up in the house. How about meatloaf? Yeah, meatloaf. <laughs> so white people vegetables. I'm serious. Because Miss Sheila didn't even know what it was. Artichoke. She, homegirl did not know what it was. She said, is that what that is? Everybody was cracking up. But how many of you know to, to receive the benefits of an artichoke? There's some good stuff in there. To receive the benefits of that, you got to eat it. Come on now. Come on now. Sometimes we just, want what, what, we just want the good stuff. We just want the sweets. Somebody say amen. amen. Right. Nothing wrong with, the, with that kind of stuff. But, but how many of you, has God ever served you a plate of food that you didn't want to eat everything on the plate? When, when, when the, in, the, in the book of um, uh, Genesis, or Exodus, I'm sorry, when the spirit of death um, came, uh, they had to put the blood on the doorpost and all that. You guys follow me? They had to eat the whole lamb. They had to eat everything. Some, somebody, look at your neighbor and tell them you need to eat everything. Okay? Look at your neighbor. Tell them you got to eat the artichokes. All right. Okay, come on. Talk to me here. What kind of vegetables are, do you just, you, you just can't be doing that. You, you'll just gag. Anybody? Talk to me. Lima beans. Celery. Zucchini. Okay. All right. Zucchini. Yeah, zucchini. Chris's wife looked at her like, you don't like my zucchini? <laughs> zucchini. Right. How many of you know zucchini is good for you? Google it. Don't, not now. Don't Google. No Googling now. No Googling. Off limits. No, I'm just kidding. But you look it up. There's some nutrients in zucchini. I think there's some nutrients in in um, in that stuff. What else? Come on, talk to me here. What's some food that you know is good for you, but you're not trying to eat it? Beets. Ooh, beets are rough, man. Beets are something serious. You know what they say? It's great for your blood. I'm like, I do not care. <laughs> Them things are strong, right? I eat them like this. And some of us, God's given us a word, and you're over here eating the word. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. You're like, man, I want to go over to Psalms because I can justify my negative attitude in Psalms. But it always ends with praising God. Come on, somebody. What else? Come on, talk to me. What's some vegetables that you don't even know? Hmm, excuse me? Kale. Can't do kale. What? I'm, I'm offended. You don't like kale? Right. See? Right? Kale. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to grab a piece of kale just chewing on it like a carrot. Not happening. What, why wasn't, what, did they invent kale recently? Because I didn't hear nothing about kale in the 80s. I didn't hear nothing about kale, nothing about green machine drinks and all this. I didn't hear nothing about ginger unless I was having sushi and all these benefits of food are surfacing. 
So we should all be living longer. Somebody say amen. In the 80s, man, they got away with feeding us some stuff. It's like probably illegal now. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, but see, you got to eat everything. So here we go. Truth, it's got to be the, the God, for God to operate. See, God will resist the proud. He will. And he'll, and, and you know, that's why the Bible says in the, in the, in the end times, people are going to have itching ears. It's not truth. It just makes you feel good. It's not, it, it's not good going down. doesn't feel good going down, but it's going to benefit you internally. Somebody say, Lord, give me some kale. It might not feel good going down. You know, might have to plug your nose as you're digesting a fruit of the spirit that your spouse really knows you need to work on. Zero amens. Right? Come on now. God loves us so much. He wants to feed us right. We want a well-balanced meal. Come on now. We want, we want all of it. Truth. Right? His, sanctify them by your truth. What does that mean? Make us more like Jesus. How? Truth is going to do it. The, God's two-edged sword is mercy and truth. There is no mercy without truth. There is no real truth without mercy. Speaking the truth in love. We all need to invite the truth of the word into our life if we want to be what it says. Somebody say amen. I want all that. All right, I want all that. Get, put it all on my plate. Put, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat the heart. Yeah, and they, anybody ever done this? You got a plate of food. You eat the mac and cheese and the chicken before you get to the greens. Anybody? You, it's never you're gonna, you're gonna find yourself. And so, no, some, some people are like, no, I'll just eat it all. No. Either, okay, there you go. There you go. That's a great spiritual principle. Come on now. I, I, I care about you, church. I care about your personal life. I care about the condition of your soul. And we can't just live off of stuff that makes us feel good. I mean, this culture is, is drunk on what makes us feel good. We're always, and then there's nothing wrong with doing things that make us feel good. But, but, but good stuff doesn't always feel good, but it is good. Come on now. Preaching good. I'm going to preach to Moses in the back over here. Right? So receiving all that God has for us. All right? So, so sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. We want to receive it all. Just, I know we're you know, talking about food there, but you get the word is food. This thing is food here. It's spiritual food, and we need to receive all of it. Here is my first point, that we are stewards of truth. We are stewards. We are, God has entrusted us with truth, and God is asking you today, what are you doing with it? Are you sweeping it off your plate so the dog eats it? I used to do that as a kid. Would sweep it off the plate, let the dog eat it. Right? I, you know, I didn't want to eat it. Swept, you know, are, are, we, are we avoiding the truth? Because it doesn't make us feel good, but I'm here to tell you right here. Let's look at John chapter 8, verse 31. We want to receive the truth. 
And look at God's intention for truth is never to harm you. It's to give you a future. But we have no future if we don't receive truth. We have no future in him. Jesus is the way, the tr Jesus. So when we receive truth, we're receiving a person. Check this out. Then Jesus said to those Jews, Somebody give, give my hand back there, everybody. Then Jesus said to those Jews, now these are people that believe in him. Uh-oh. These are, these are people that believed in him. If you abide in my word, somebody say truth. You are my disciples indeed. Okay. Verse 32. Somebody say this with me. Say, I, I am all that. Say it with me. Say, I want all that. And, and you, here it is. Abide in my word and you shall know the truth. You don't know the truth because you read it. You know it because you live in it. That's knowing. Knowing is an intimacy word. In, in, in the Hebrew language, know actually is another term for, for, um, for sex. It really, that's what it, Adam knew Eve. It's a very intimate word to know. Okay. And, and, and Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Okay. So, so we are accountable, here it is, for everything we know. All right? No, here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some definitions here. I want to teach you something, and, and, and we'll get you out of here soon. But this is what the word know means in the Greek. It means to act on. So you will act on the truth, and the truth you act on will set you free. Here it is. Here's another one. It means to take action. So it's the truth you take action on that will empower you to be free. So there is no freedom in Christ without taking action on truth. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Act on, apply, take action. Okay, no, in quotes, no, no as a result of experience. It's as a result of experience that I've tried them and I know them, right? You know, uh, like that song I mentioned last week, you know, uh, uh, Marvin Winans, you know, I I've seen you work in others and I want you to work in me, right? Um, it's, it's something that I know by experience. I have acted on the truth that I've heard and it has set me free, okay? Um, so to make free, this is what it means. This is what it means um, in the Greek, if you're taking notes, to make free. It means to release from bondage, okay? To remove the restriction of sin and deliver us into spiritual freedom so we can grow. This, I, say this with me, say, I am all that. I, I want to let me just say this. I want to be a word. The word made flesh dwelt among us. I want my life, my story to be a prophetic word to a generation that if, if, if Sean can come up out of that mess, I can too. That he is, he's become the very thing. He's, he's, he's not just, I'm not just, I'm not just hoping God. No, I live in, I, I want to live in a place that is evident that Jesus is real, 
that Jesus has, is, is, is in this man. There, there is a word. I, I, want, I want people in this community to be a walking, talking Jesus to this world. Right. I want you to be I want him to be so I want you to be so saturated with who he is in your life. And, and, and we experience that freedom is a reality when we act upon the truth that we hear. And that freedom is something that it, it, it removes the restriction of sin and, and it delivers us into spiritual freedom so we can grow. Meaning true spiritual growth happens as a result of freedom and freedom happens as a result of acting and action. And our action is based on the truth that we hear in the word. What is something that you've heard from God and you acted on it, you know, and, and you step into a new place of freedom, you know, um, and reading the word, you know, uh, you know, the Bible says, you know, as simple as, um, you know, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. I heard that as a teenager uh, when I first got saved and, and I said, man, I'm going to step out here. I'm going to walk out in faith. I, I pretty much at the age of 20 years old, I pretty much left uh, uh, my whole life that I had built up to that point as a professional skateboarder. I said, man, I'm going to step out in faith. It brought me into a place of freedom and ministry I'd never experienced, but I had to act on this thing. All right? All right? Here's my second point. It's the truth you apply that makes you free. Yeah. It's not the truth that's in here. It's the truth that's in here. Right? As we, as we heard before, that, that truth failed in the streets because of sin, meaning truth remained to be truth, but truth had to leave that environment and find somewhere where it could bear fruit in people's lives, all right? It's the truth you apply that makes you free. Say this with me, just repeat after me. Say, I'm a steward of truth. Say it again, say, I'm a steward of truth. Say this with me, say, it's the truth I apply that makes me free. Okay, let's go down to verse 37. This is good. Jesus starts engaging with some of these people. He's talking to them, and, and they're kind of challenging them a little bit. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not quite hearing it all. So, so from verse 33 to 36, um, you, know, uh, you know, he says, basically, you commit sin. If you commit sin, you're a slave of sin. A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. That's verse 36. Look at verse 37. Um, it says this, and this is Jesus talking. I know that you are able Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. My word has no place in you. My word, Jesus said, has no place in you. I, I'm not so concerned with getting the Bible back in the schools. I'm concerned with getting the Bible back in believers' hearts. Because that's where I'm not opposed to getting it back in the school here, but but I, there's something more important than that. Because if we get this in the hearts of people, it's going to be in that school when they're walking up on that campus. There's a word up in that school. You know, you won't let the Bible in school, but we can get it in people and get the people in the school. Oh man, we we need the Bible back in culture. No, we need the Bible in people, and then people are in culture. And the culture is going to change. Sanctify them by their by your truth. Your word is truth. See, if, see, I think we got it backwards. I think I think that has been highly politicized. I'm all for having the Bible um, in the lobby of a, of a school and in and in in the in the in the little in the little desk that's bolted down to the ground in, in the hotels. You know what I'm saying? You got the giddy. That's cool, man. But but there's something far more powerful when that written word becomes a rhema word inside of Chris. When that written word becomes a rhema. Word 
word uh, inside of Jasmine, when that written word becomes a living word inside of God's people, man, you can, you can, you can, you can get the paper out of here, but you ain't going to get the word out of here. Somebody say, I'm all that. Think about this right now. We got the word, and, and, you know, at, at, uh, in the marketplace. We got the word at Mendez. I'm looking at a word right now that, that teaches um, special ed at Mendez High School, and there is a word inside that high school. I got a word right here, you know, in the marketplace. I got, a, I got a word wherever you work, whatever you do. There is a word. I got some, there's some real estate um, um, people in here. There's a word inside the real estate industry in Los Angeles because a word is going to get up tomorrow and start getting some deals out there. That's a word up out there. Come on now. There's a word in the public school system. There's a word when you walk up into La Monaca and get, um, you know, whatever you, some panduce and some cafecito. There's a word that walked up in there. Oh, yeah. You can't get the word out. Not with us here. The glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea because God's people are in the earth. All right. I'm preaching good. Look at that word. We got a word at, at local colleges. What, one of our young people was telling us that their um, econ teacher is anti-God. But he doesn't realize he's actually talking to a word in the room. Amen. You know, we prayed for that econ teacher. We're sending a word into that school. The word of God, living word of God. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. There's a word in the public school system. Oh, yeah. There's all kind of word up in there. Come on now. Hallelujah. You're that word. I said, you're that word. Look at your neighbor and say, I am a word. All right. We overcome him by the word of our we overcome the devil out there by the of our testimony open your mouth tell somebody tell somebody let the redeemed of the lord say so come on we're gonna go old school we're gonna sing that i'm gonna bring tambourines next sunday no the lord says so the lord says so come on people some of you are looking at me like you're not that old school and you are i know you're just as seasoned as I am. If not more, you got a little bit more seasoning than me. I know that you're Abraham's descendant, but you seek to kill me because my word, my word has no place. His concern is the word having place in you. All right, here it is. Place, I'm gonna break this down. Place in you, place in you. Place, God, his whole heart. I'm all that. I want to be all that, that word inside of me. The devil fears the word. It's the word he tried to kill. And that word got out of the grave. He couldn't kill it. It's eternal, forever settled in the heavens. Could you imagine? The devil actually thought he could bury God's voice. That's like trying to trap the wind in a box. That word couldn't stay in the earth. The, 
The word is a seed, and that word was planted. And if it dies, then it bears much food. So word, my goodness, a word inside of you. I'm all that. So it means place. It means to make room, church. My word has no place in you, meaning my, you have not made a room for my word inside of you. That's what he was telling these descendants of Abraham. It means to live with an open heart. This is what we're saying. When we, when we, when we, when we say, God, give us, we want to give your word place, a place in our heart. When the prophet um, walked by, um, was it the Shunammite woman? She made a room for the prophet. Was it? Yeah. She made a room for the man of God. Got him a bed. The word of the Lord. Prophets were the word of the Lord back then. She got a room for the word. Put a bed out for the word. Had a lamp stand for the word. I mean, she was like, look, I'm not going to just let God, God's voice just walk by my house. I'm going to make a place for the prophet. And we as a people, we, when God's speaking, you need to make some room. You know, God's, what God's saying to us is give me room, just give me room. We got to make, see this is the thing, is God operates through his bride, but his bride must make a place for him to operate. It's how God designed it. That we, the church, sharing this at my connect group on Thursday nights, you're welcome to come if you'd like. But, but, you know, uh, I, I forgot my train of thought trying to plug my connect group. But the church, yeah, the church, Ephesians, we, the church is the fullness of him in the earth who fills all in all and placed everything under his feet, the church. So God's design is that we steward what he gives us. And he's like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate in your city at the level of your faith. Come on now. Where's God at? God, why aren't you doing anything? Maybe we just need to make place for him. It means to make room. Here it is, to live an open heart. What we're saying to God is this, I have available space in my heart for you, for the, your word. I'm gonna make room in my heart for you. Here it is, my next point. I'm almost done. Freedom begins when the word is welcomed in your heart. Freedom actually doesn't even begin until the word is welcomed in that area of our heart. I believe that the heart, you know, out of it flows the issues of life. Our heart has depth to it. The Bible says eternity's in the heart of every man. There is dimensions to the human heart and soul. And there are things that we have been open to the Lord on. And I believe there are things that he's trying to put his finger on in this season of your life. And those are the, the moments that we say, okay, God, aren't you glad that God didn't try to deal with everything in one moment? I think we'd drop dead. I know we pray like, oh, God, take all of me. You can have it all. And then he starts touching on your attitude. You're like, hold up. Like, I didn't mean that. I was just, I was just worshiping. Like, I'm just loving you in faith, Lord. And then God's like, okay, what about this mouth right here? When you get upset, you just go off on people. And be like, oh, did I? <laughs> Somebody say, give him room. Give him room. <laughs> Freedom begins when the word is welcomed in your heart. 
I believe in any relationship, right? Um, that the next step in that relationship is when we open up our heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, right? So you don't just want to open it up to anybody, but I'm here to tell you right now that we do need to continue. This is a journey. We want to keep our heart open to the Lord. All right, Deuteronomy 30, verse 14. I just got two more scriptures, all right? But the word, somebody say the word, word. is near you. Yeah, let's read this together. Say the word is near you. Look at your neighbor. Say the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, you can't do it if it ain't in both places. Some people say, man, I just love the Lord in my heart. But, but don't nobody in your world know that you're a Christian. And some of y'all, it's just in your mouth, right? And you're real bold for Jesus. But in your heart, you need some work. Somebody say amen. Both. Somebody say both. In my heart. Come on, repeat after me. Say in my heart. And coming out of my mouth. You can't even get saved without both, right? Confess the Lord Jesus, you know? Confess it with your mouth and believe in him in your heart, right? Say it from your heart. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth ought to speak. So at my mouth and my heart. We're talking about truth here. We're talking about um, this thing uh, of, of our heart, but then our mouth. So spiritual growth begins when we consistently get the word in our heart and release it out of our mouth. Spiritual growth begins. And, and nobody wants to hear that. Well, I'm really struggling with this. What have you been, how you been, how you been talking? Well, you know, I'm just all jacked up, messed up, and never, nobody likes me. Well, I'm just all jacked up, and I can't do it. Nobody, and this is horrible. Can't, nothing's, everything's horrible. But I love the Lord. I, I'm sure you do. But I'm going to challenge you. You got to speak the word out of that mouth. And when you, it's not always going to feel like it. You're not always going to feel, I said, you're not always going to feel like it. I said, you're not always going to feel like it. This word is nigh you. It is in your heart and your mouth that you may do it. Meaning I can't live this thing if it's just in my heart. And I can't live this thing if it's just in my mouth. I need to get that thing in my heart and I need to release it out of my mouth. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about things of, you know, I am all that. This, this whole series about identity, you have to speak what God says about you. And don't depend on others to do it. Even the good people in your life, they can't do all that for you all the time. So you need to say it. I'm all that. All right, here it is. This is my last point, and then we're going to have a little fun. Speak the truth of God's word over yourself. I said, speak the truth of God's word over yourself. That is, you are a steward of truth. And part of stewarding truth is receiving it into your heart and speaking that thing out of your mouth. So, you know, in your prayer life, over yourself, you know, you got to speak what the word says about you. I am all that. My last scripture, Psalms 19, verse 14. Let's just read this together. Speak the truth of God's word over yourself. Okay, let's read the scripture here. Um, once again, Psalms 19, verse 14. Everybody repeat after me. Say, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable 
in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Look at that. They just started speaking it right there. One verse started saying, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Speaking truth from your heart, out of your mouth, consistently. Speaking truth from your heart, out of your mouth, over other people. Let the words of my mouth. Somebody say my mouth. Meditation of my heart. Say my heart. Say my mouth and my heart. I am everything God says I am. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I just got a couple, couple things here, and then we're going we're gonna to do some declarations together. But your mouth is most acceptable to God when his word is coming out of it. I'm going to say it again. Your mouth is most acceptable to God. I'm going to say it a different way. When he is coming out of it. The Father's covenant is with the Son. It's Christ. We are simply beneficiaries of a contract between the Father and the first begotten. When we confess Christ as our Lord, we are in God. God, Our life is hidden with Christ in God. So God, God's whole um, endearment to us is through His Son. So I need His Son be coming out of my mouth whether it's over me a situation whatever it might be here it is I'm going to say it again your mouth is most acceptable to God when his word is coming out of it your soul is the healthiest when the when the dominant theme of your inner thoughts is his word I'm going to say it again your soul is the healthiest when the dominant theme of your inner thoughts is his word. You got to have people around you. When you talk stupid, that's not the word. They go, that's not in the word. No, no, that, that's not what the Bible says. Come on now. And sometimes, what I mean by stupid, I know it's a strong word. All right, I'm not saying anybody's stupid. I'm just saying there's times where stupid things come out of my mouth. What I mean by that is not even, um, it, it could just be things that aren't the word. I, I might be frustrated in a moment and something come out of my mouth about me or the situation. I mean, and you, we, need, we need to be accountable. We need people around us. We need those around us that just be like, no, 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 no. That's not what God said. What's God say about you? And you're like, look, I know what he said. I just don't feel like saying it right now. Is anybody with me? Give me a moment. Look it, have your moment, but get back to the word. Moments don't make you. Moments aren't who you are. They're just a moment. It's just one of those days that a preacher go through. Right? Stop. There's somebody singing that. Stop that. Don't sing that. <laughs> the word. I said the word, right? We need people around us that will check us. Be like, no, God didn't say that about you. What's the Bible say? What's the word say? You've ever been around my wife for any, any length of time. She will say, um, you know, what does the word say? What does the word say? What does the, what does the Bible say? What does God say about you and your situation? Amen. What does the word say? 
Here it is. Meditate. This is what, it, this is what meditation is because meditation of my heart. Here it is. We're almost, we're almost done. Meditation. This is a word in the Greek. It means resounding music. That's what it means. It, it, it's really, um, and I'm not a musician or musically inclined, but, um, and I don't know if I'm saying this word right, but this is the word meditation. It's actually a musical word in the Greek, and it's an aphatuso. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but this is what it is. It's a piece of music that is performed at a slow tempo. So meditation of the heart is when you're singing the word at a slow tempo over your life. You know that when Jews read the Torah, the, to the Torah, they actually sing it. It's a song. So God, this is, this is music to God's ears. And it is music for your soul. The word of God. Is a song. So meditation, there's a rhythm to it. There's just, you just getting that word. You're just confessing that word. You know, um, another, another definition of the word meditation means to chew the cud. Or like, you know, certain animals like a cow, they will chew the cud, regurgitate it, and chew it again. Okay, I don't mean to gross you out, but meditating on the word is just that. Like, nah, man, this word says that by his stripes I was healed. Lord, thank you, Lord, by your stripes I was healed. I am healed. I'm healed in my soul. I'm healed in my mind. I'm healed in my thoughts. I'm healed in my relationships by his stripes. I was healed. He sent his word to heal me. I will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. I am, I am healed. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. I am the healed of the Lord. I'm healed. Come on, I'm just meditating. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. All right? So that's what it means. Resounding music, musing, reflection, and thought. Okay? Here we go. So I, I just got some declarations here, and I want us to just say these together. This is what the Word says about us in Christ, and then we'll be done. In Christ. Okay? Everybody say, in Christ. In Christ. Let's go to the next one. We're just going to go through these. Everybody repeat after me. Say, I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. I'm accepted. I'm victorious. All right, here we go. Come on, give God praise for those. Come on, anybody like those? Next one. We'll just keep going through them. What's that? Here it is. I'm an overcomer. I am loved. I am in God. I am triumphant. Come on, give God praise for that. Come on. Here we go. I am Holy Spirit filled. I almost want to hang out on that one for a minute. I'm not filled with depression. I'm not filled with anxiety. I'm not filled with fear. I am Holy Spirit filled. Excuse me. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm a temple of the living God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of me and quickens, brings life to my mortal body. Hallelujah. Just helping myself out. Okay, next one. Say, I am a new creation. Oh, wait, go back. We didn't do all those. Somebody say, I am Holy Spirit filled. I might, you guys mind if I even drift and kind of do some sub ones underneath them? Is that okay? Somebody say, I am Holy Spirit filled. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy God. I'm a new creation. I am not my own. I was bought with a price. I am chosen. I am chosen. I am free. You guys are tired, huh? You guys need some protein or something? I am, a, I, say, say, say I'm, a, I'm a new creation. 
I am chosen. I am free. And I'm living for eternity. I am royalty. Here we go. What's the next? Come on, give God praise for that one. Here we go. We're all right. All right, we still, we still got some more. We still got some more. Say, I'm a son of God. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm an heir of God. Everything God has, I have. I receive it as an heir. It is part of my inheritance. I am a fellow heir with Christ. I am his representative in the earth. I'm an ambassador. I'm a minister of reconciliation. I can do all things. I can do all things. Wait, that's a typo. I am can do all things. Sorry, um, professional English people, but say I can do all things. I am am. <laughs> it's getting worse. It's okay. Hey, I am. No, look at your name. Say I am am. Look at your neighbor and say, I am, am. Say, I am a citizen of heaven. Say it again. Say, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm not a foreigner. I'm a diplomat of the kingdom of heaven. I'm a king's kid. I am justified by faith. I am free. Come on, give God some praise. Somebody say, I am all that. All right, stand to your feet here as we dismiss. Stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. You got to declare who you are, what the word says you are. Come on, somebody. Come on. You got you to you do that. I, I just gave you some of that. That should be in the, um, in the um, app as well. But you got to do that. You got to declare who you are. That's your responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your responsibility. All right. I don't know why it is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss your back. I don't know why it is when somebody speaks greatness over you, don't, don't be playing all like false humility. Oh, no, I was alone. As a matter of fact, you're actually right. You need to come into agreement with the Christ in you and the redeemed person that you are and the dignity that that comes with. I said, you need to agree with the truth about who you are. This isn't haughty or prideful. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Christ. This is a, a, this is a, a way we glorify him in our body and in our spirit as we declare what he has said. This has nothing to do with us. It's, this isn't coming from a human place. This isn't coming from a natural place. This is coming into agreement with the divine nature. I am simply coming into agreement with what God already wrote down. And you need to come into agreement with the divine nature that we, the Bible says, are partakers of the divine nature. Amen? We are, and we need to talk like this to each other. We need to speak to the Christ in each other. We need to speak greatness over each other. And you might say, well, Pastor John, I know a little something about that person. Well, God knows a whole lot about you. Somebody say amen. He knows everything, and he still speaks hope over you. He knows everything, and he still speaks that redeemed Christ in you. 
You know, we need to, we need to, we need to, spouses, you need to talk like this to your spouse. You are, you know, a woman of God, sent by God, anointed by God, touched by God, loved by God, chosen by God. You. Yeah. Um, just want to add to this as he's, as we get ready to close. This is like, this is my heart. I love this stuff because... I feel like sometimes we get comfortable with how things are, with the way we are. This is just the way God made me and I'm just going to be like this. And, and you know what? We are the redeemed of the Lord. And it's not okay to think that um, um, we're mediocre. Just okay, God just made uh, This is never going to change. That's a lie. That is a lie, that is a lie, that is a lie. It is so important for us to understand who we are in Christ. It's so important for us to know that um, we're made in the image of, image of God. That's what Genesis 127 says. Male and female, he created them in his image. We are created in the image of God. And a lot of times I think believers, we just let ourselves slide and think it's okay for us to, to be okay with mediocrity. And it's not okay. He's created us to be more than conquerors. He's created us to, to know who we are in Christ, that we're made in his very essence, that we're made in the image of God. If we're made in the image of God, then everything that he is, we have access to. Everything that he is, we've been created in his image. So we have access to those things. We can live on a higher plane. We can see things from his perspective. Our vision should be higher than just what we see here in our present every day. We should be asking him to give us eyes to see what he sees. We should be asking him to give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying so we can then move forward in what he wants us to do. We are people, we are planted on this earth for his glory, to magnify him, to glorify him. It is not okay for me to just think that I'm just here just to, just to kind of float through life. No, you're not. No, you're not. He stamped you. He sealed you. He set you apart for his purpose. And when we understand who we are in Christ, that's why this, this connect group that he's doing, going through the book of Ephesians is so important. Because until we understand who we really are in him, we will constantly be bombarded with who we're not. And we'll start to latch on to those truths and those lies that the enemy is trying to, to, to minister to you. That is a lie. Don't listen to the lies. But in order to be set free by the truth, you have to know that truth. And if you don't know the truth, you're going to believe the lie. But I want to, like, I just, that stuff just stirs, stirs up my spirit because I feel like as believers, sometimes we just settle for what's just okay. And it's, that is not God. God is bigger than, greater than, more than, and... We're in, made in his image, so we should think and feel the same way. Praise God. Like, I just, just gets me stirred up. And I know he's trying to close the service, but I just get, I get stirred up. And I just want to encourage you. I hope that, that there's a fire that stirs in you about who God's created you to be. And that you don't settle for just enough. That you don't settle for, for just making it. Like, we're here running a race. And we're not trying to just get across the finish line and just 
just all beat up and tired. We want to run across that finish line victorious and be like, I made it. <laughs> like, I am here and I am not out of breath. I am not tired. I'm not falling over the finish line. Like, yes, I just made it to heaven. No, let's, let's run this race and let's not be winded at the end of it. Let's run this race like we've been trained to run this race and come out on the other side as number one, winners. We're always winners. He has overcome the world. So we're always winners. Right. We will always win. Yeah. Whether it's manifested here on earth or you see it when you get to heaven, we are always winners. Always. So let's have that winning mentality as believers. Let's have that, that I am a winner and victorious mentality as believers because that's who we are. You will always win because Jesus took care of it. When he came to this earth, died and rose again, he took care of everything on that cross. Every single thing he took care of on that cross. Are you excited about that? Everyone's, everyone's quiet this morning? Like, that's something to be excited about. Something to, like, leave out of here like, yes, Jesus, I can do this because you're inside of me. Like, stir yourselves up in your most holy faith. Know who you are. Don't let anybody else tell you who you are. Know who you are. I am Crystal Gale Mandoli, daughter of the Most High God, on fire for the things of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not in this by myself. I got the, I got the Holy Ghost inside of me who's, who's guiding me into all truth, leading me into all truth. So I don't have to be deceived by a lie because the Holy Spirit is leading me and guiding me into all truth. Amen? I'm just excited. Stirred up. I know who I am. Right? All right. Here, take the mic. Take the mic. Take the mic. Take the mic. I'm just excited, and I want you to be excited about it, too. Get that word inside of you and let that thing bubble out of you so there's no doubt about whose you are. People will know that you're marked by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Get that fire in your soul. In Jesus' name. Don't let me have to start laying hands on people. I travel with like a little bottle of oil. I'll pour that thing all over you and stir you up in Jesus' name. I'm just excited about um, just where God is taking us, what he's doing. And, and I don't want to be a part of a dead church. I don't want to be part of a church that's not on fire for the things of God, not lit up for the souls that are out there, not lit up to do the work of God, not lit up to advance the kingdom of God. That's not the part of, that's not the church I want to be a part of. And that's not the church that Jesus came here to like, and died and rose again and birthed on this earth. He didn't do all that so we could be just a dead church. And just come to church every Sunday and hear a good word and sing a few songs. That is not what Jesus came to this earth for. People need to know who you are and what you're about. Stir that thing up inside of you in Jesus' name. People, people wonder, what is it about you? I like to be around you. What is it about you that, that just draws people to you? It's Jesus inside of you. 
Don't let people get confused that it's just some good aura. I've heard people say that. They're like, you have a good aura or you have a good vibe. And it's more than a vibe. It's more than an aura. That's the Holy Spirit inside of me. You want to know what it is? You sure you want to know? Because I'll tell you, that's Jesus. That aroma, that thing you're attracted to is Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit inside of me. It's not just some good aura and some good vibe and some good energy that's coming from me. That good energy has a name and his name is the Holy Spirit. And if you want him, I will share him with you. But we got we to gotta be bold about that. Like stir yourselves up. It's not a personality thing. That's a fire thing that's inside of you. It's not personality. Because I am not an extrovert. I don't like to be around groups of people for extended periods of time. Ironically, we pastor a church. It's so funny. But what enables me to do and, and do what I'm doing and be what God's called me to be is the Holy Spirit inside of me. That's the only thing that allows me to step outside of what's comfortable for me and do more. It's the Holy Spirit. He will light that fire in you. And I hope when, I, when we talk that, that, that there's this exchange that happens, that what's lit in me ends up lighting you up and then you go light some other people up. Next thing you know, we have a church full of lit up people for the Holy Ghost and people are just getting healed, set free, delivered. Yeah. We're carriers of that, praise God. All right, I think I'm done. All right. Here you go. <laughs> Give it up for my wife, everybody. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.